Hey, it's time for another episode of Serially Obsessed. I'm Daisy Rosario. I'm Dipti Sarawip. I'm Layla Carrillo. And we are here to talk about your favorite podcast and ours, Serial. Now, before we get started, just want to remind you that the Serially Obsessed podcast is not produced, affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Serial podcast. Additionally, the views, comments, and opinions expressed on the Serially Obsessed podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the producers of Serial. And you know that that's true, because if it did, they wouldn't have dropped an episode on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. Weird. That was, uh, that was a little, yeah, it was a weird christmas eve present it was it was a little it was a little like oh especially because the episode was very very dark episode is so dark and i want to like jump in talking to it but before we do that let's just make sure that anybody who's maybe just joining us for season two understands a little bit about who we are and why we love to talk about cereal so i am a public radio producer that's me daisy i'm a public radio producer so uh you know i i work in radio and i make audio stories and I love listening to the way that they put it together and the script and the whole thing and what they choose to talk about. Dipti, what about you? I'm a lawyer, so I love looking at the legal aspects of things. Uh, And I, Layla, am your uh, homegrown media critic. So I uh, consume lots of media and I form opinions on it and I look at it from a broad scope and uh, in general, just the voice of the audience. Precisely. Um, so yeah, so this episode, oh man, you guys, the, yeah. the darkest thing I have heard in such a long time. It was all, it was super dark. Yeah. I also felt like maybe like season two is finally starting for me. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it, it hurt to hear this episode for me. Like it hurt my insides. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, like, it hurt it, yeah. everything. It hurt so bad that I thought, is he lying and making this up? Right. That's interesting that you say that, Dip, because I feel like there was a part of me where I like, I was like, there's no way I can even empathize because everything that's happening is just so extreme and would never happen in a regular person's life. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That there was just like a, like at some point in my mind, there was a huge disconnect not that I'm a monster, you guys. But just <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, Layla's a monster. <laughs> I am a monster. How dare you not understand what it feels like to be in the desert in the stones of Afghanistan, right. <laughs> where your urine is basically powder. I, the closest I can fathom is like, oh, that one time I was at the beach and it was extra hot and I didn't have enough money for water. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's as close as I can get. You guys remember that day? I think it was that day. I hadn't communicated with you guys um for several hours and it was because poor me i had a cold and i was like (laughs) you guys i've only listened to a part of it i was um i've just been feeling so ill and i wasn't really paying attention to the episode because i was (laughs) i was feeling so sorry for myself oh my god meanwhile this guy has dysentery for five years and i'm like he has diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, he has like consistent Di- diarrhea consistent for like three years. Diarrhea, and I'm like, my throat hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I need a halt. How is he alive? I have to take some Nyquil. Yeah. <laughs> or no, yeah. by Oregon trail standards, he should have not made it. Like, I can't. This episode is like, it's pretty amazing. I also right. think, like, who is this guy? Like, he's he ends up being like some crazy. X-Men superhero like we don't how does he like, survive what's going it? on? It's... how is he surviving Ugh. he should not he should not be alive and also I, I, I often think what would I do in certain situations like in certain life situations oh, where yeah. I'm on a deserted island I watched Castaway that stupid Tom Hanks movie so many times and every time I'm fascinated and lost and all this stuff and I'm like what would I do I'm like I would die <laughs> I would I would yeah. lose the will to live. To live. You would not yeah, like think you. to like take scraps and then no. slowly pass them off to a dog to get the dog to right. like you enough. Yes. Out of the like a minimal amount of food that you're already getting, you're just like, hey, I got to make nice with this dog because this is the only way out. Or yeah. like, so. I know, why don't I urinate on this wall and let it disintegrate a wall a little more and then right. I can scrap away. I just be like, no, I'm going to die. That like, was like just, a yeah. sad, and, sad version of the Shawshank Redemption when I heard that. Like, yeah. he's like, Oh my God. Yes. It's like Shawshank Redemption to the like, but max. Torture. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's so weird because then at one point I'm sort of like listening to this episode and like tallying the inventory of things he's collected. And I'm like, this is like an insane version of like Minecraft. Like what is happening here? Oh, my God. He's collecting all these things. And, you know, um, where is he keeping them? Like, I want to know where are where is he hiding all the things that he's collecting? Oh, God. Because it seems like he's like he he has a key. He has like some PVC tubing. He's got like a couple of other little. I mean, he's got like at least like five different little tools that he's sort of found and kept for himself. And he's chained to stuff the entire time. Oh God! And he's chained to stuff the entire time. So he's blindfolded. He's He's blindfolded. blindfolded And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like so far, like we're just like ah, in part because that's what this episode was like. Like it starts off, and it it kind of starts normal. It's just kind of like here. Okay, we're gonna go third episode into like this whole Bo Bergdahl situation okay and like quite honestly I think this is why I say like for me I think this is like really the start of the season because like episode one I was like oh my god it's back I was just like in shock right and then Mm -hmm. the next episode's like like listening to last week and like listening to the guys talk about what it was like to have to like look for him and how frustrated they were I was like oh my god that sounds terrible but like this description of like how thoroughly beat down he was and like barely alive he was this is harrowing shit. Like, seriously harrowing shit. And also I, amazing. Because yeah. he made it. I'm not kidding when I say I, I I don't know if I can believe it. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm not definitive one way or the other. But it is impossible for me to fathom that somebody lives through this. It just mm-hmm. made right. And I don't think it's because I'm a sheltered person. But you never hear these stories because those people don't make it out of these situations. Well, I mean, yeah, they even say that on the podcast, right? They like do. He's they liter- do. He is like literally the second POW that has escaped and survived. Right. I mean, Mark Bull, is that his name? Mark Bull, right? Yeah. Um, He addressed it. He says most people will be turned into, quote, potatoes after this. Right. 95% of people. I mean, he acknowledges yeah. it. He's like, I just don't know how to comprehend what you're saying right now yeah right right and i think most people can't and it kind of brings me back to the rolling stone article where like really briefly they kind of bring up the fact that i guess like Bo was kind of obsessed with bear gorillas the survivalist oh yeah and i'm like um okay you kind of blow bear gorillas like way out of the water like first of all we all know bear gorillas is actually staying in hotels like that part already like came out and then like secondly but it does it does definitely like speak to like the mental state like if he was not already really into that stuff i don't think that he gets through this the way he does you know yeah like maybe that's the way he approaches like this core belief in him is like a, a thing that he was able to build on or something yeah like to stay sane he's like okay i gotta approach this like a game this is the ultimate escape the room yeah and i gotta get out of this you know wow way to bring in escape the room yeah escape afghanistan except he doesn't know that he's in pakistan brought to you by escape the room brought to you by the (laughs) taliban um yeah yeah yeah, so i i don't know how how on earth he didn't give up what is this um bear gorillas thing i don't remember it can you explain for any listeners who don't know either um, yeah, he's just a survivalist. Um, he does like man versus nature stuff on uh, the Discovery Channel and right, like okay. various stations. There's uh, a lot of like shows Nat- like that now, but he's like consistently the most yeah. popular one. He was he was kind of like the first yeah. one, like Survivor Man kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the Rolling Stone article kind of touches upon. I think maybe his dad mentions it or somebody mentions it that like Bo was really into those kinds of survivalist right, type shows right. and specifically Bear Gryllis because he's kind of like he's like the Anthony Bourdain to like but like uh, for survivalists I guess yeah like he has a whole show where he takes celebrities out into survivalist situations that's right. and um, he's doing one with President Obama so that's a thing that you could watch on television yeah. is President Obama hanging out with Bear Gryllis in a survivalist situation weird. I mean it's weird President Obama has taken fewer vacation days than any other president in like 40 years so i guess it's cool that he like went and <laughs> this did one thing an episode of this show like i'm sure people will complain he still took fewer vacation days than bush so like whatever i don't know how you want to quantify that um but oh yeah. someone's no, gonna bitch thing. about it you know oh i mean and rightfully so it's bizarre <laughs> so I'm just saying. so you guys i like just thinking about who the 
I mean, there's not really a huge cast of characters in this season of Serial like there was in season one. It's really just Bo right now. I mean, we know about some Taliban members, which we should totally get into because I have a few things to say about them. But he, they really got an interesting, unique episode. Like this, nobody else would have survived this. It's because Bo is who Bo is and how he was raised and how he was homeschooled and how he like obsessed over maps of things and like hunted and just like did oh I don't know if he hunted but he did all this stuff on his own he is a bizarre human being I don't think that anybody else would have remotely lasted this long like I've said this before he was like a perfect storm of a story yeah Mm -hmm. this is not because like Adnan was a regular kid. We talked about that so much. He was just like a regular right. teenage guy. Bo was not a regular run-of-the-mill person who weird oh, yeah. stuff happened to. Like, I, I feel like he he sought stuff out. Yeah. I don't know that I think that he's bizarre, but I think, like, he has a he had a particular path that he ended up on, and, and the average person, like, definitely wouldn't, you know? Like, when I interview people whether I'm doing like radio stories or the video series I do, like I I often have to interview these people who like maybe have invented something or like creating something really interesting. And the thing that always strikes me about them is that it feels like, it feels like everything that they were interested in since they were five led up to that point with what they're doing. Yeah. Like, like, like nobody else in the world would have been as qualified to do the thing that they do because of not just what their resume says, but like stuff they were in love with when they were 12 and, you know, choices they made when they were 22 and there I am interviewing them when they're like 45 or 50 and it all makes sense. And I feel like that's the way it seems like when I read the Rolling Stone article and then hear about all this stuff that he survived. And again, like that, nothing to do with, you know, how you feel about him walking off, like just the sheer ability to have made it through that experience, you know, is really like, yeah, I mean, it just takes like a will of your spirit and, like, you know, and, and the moment where she's like describing like when he escaped and he's like, and, she, and, 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 and they're talking to him about like, oh, but you know, you knew that you could have died. Like, this is like your one chance. And it was, and he was talking about how it was like, but better to like have taken that chance and to like do it on his own terms. And I was like, yep. Yeah. Okay. Like that wouldn't be true for everybody, but like, it makes sense that that would be for true that for particular this particular person. Yeah. And for him, you know, um, he has a, yeah. he has a huge pride about himself. He's like. Yeah. If I go out, I'm going to go out this way. I am going to say I did not desert or any of this to get a lesser military, whatever, tribunal sanction sentence because mm-hmm. I want to give my story. Like, he's very, like, uh, pig-headed is the wrong term, but I can't think of a better one. But he's very bullish in his mind about what the perception of him is. And it's just interesting that this, like, God, I'm not like, I don't want to sound like I'm minimizing a human being, but he's like this random guy from like, where? Idaho, Wyoming or whatever, you know, Idaho. Right. And has this like actually like huge inner personality sort of. Yeah. That. Well, he's not a Superman and he wasn't raised in a family of like Navy SEALs. He's like. But I mean, I think this brings up a really interesting thing because, uh, I don't know why, like, for me, like, immediately, like, just having this conversation between the three of us is, like, bringing up a mind over matter thing. Like, if you believe Mm. that you are, like, a bear gorillas and you are, like, if you are so determined that the thing that you're doing is right and the thing that you, Mm -hmm. you know, you did this, this seemingly crazy thing, but your, your, your greater goal is so much more heroic can you yeah. really will your body to do all the things that you need to do in order to achieve that goal? And I don't know. I, I mean, I'm going to go on record and say, like, I think you kind of can. Like, I think you can kind of psych yourself yeah. up into being big. That makes you like a big person. That makes you more than human, you know? Like, that yeah. makes you like above anything else. Yeah. So do you think... I mean, I've read a lot of stories of survival, and I feel like, yeah, like, so much of it is a, is a mindset thing. You know, the same way they say, like, running a marathon right. or doing a triathlon or, like, there is a... And there is something 
to be said for like survivor sure. and even and honestly Daisy even on a lesser scale like you know whenever you read like uh, like uh interviews from like stars like I don't know like I'm gonna say Jennifer Lawrence because like joy's out in theaters everywhere guys um <laughs> but like you hear them and they're like oh I just knew I was gonna be famous like I just knew I was gonna be a star and like it's like where mm-hmm. where like where did you get where did that come from um and it's like yeah, yeah. maybe well, you just will like maybe you just will yourself into being all of those things if you really true guys i'm talking about the secret right now <laughs> i realize you are you're, yeah, like, you're bored we're getting into like the scientology part where you have to like craft a vision vision board. i'm gonna make a vision board for 2016 as a survivor yeah if uh if so funny all our listeners out there could send me all of their discarded magazines as i will be making a vision board for 2016 like a lunatic. <laughs> no, but so for certain people, though, for certain celebrities, let's say like celebrities' children, like, okay, let's talk about like Willow Smith and like Jada or whatever. I literally whoever. thought you meant um, like Willow the movie and I was going to get really excited I'm, for a second. No, yeah, no, I thought we sorry. Were gonna, and I thought I was going to have to explain I'd never seen Willow. Get unexcited. Oh, I think even I saw Willow. Anyways, like you're not guaranteed to be a success in Hollywood just because you're a star's child. Like, it's it's a hard game for everyone. But for some people, like, like, let's say Angelina Jolie, you know, like, she was beautiful and had talent and whatever. Like, if she said she was going to be a star and she's weird, like, it makes sense. But Bo mm-hmm. Bergdahl, like you were saying, Layla, like, he was just like this kid out of nowhere. He didn't even have, like, a social network of friends. Like, <laughs> like, what gave him the like psychologically what what is inside of him I think it's just because he always kind of thought he was gonna be big in some way he was born like he was like destined for bigger things yeah yeah and 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 by bigger things we mean a horrific experience that no one should ever that's right that's right yeah I mean like he 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 changed I mean, we negotiate with terrorists now, guys, you know, like because of him. And I know that nobody in his position knows how they're going to affect this change. He thought that he was going to be the Jason Bourne of the world. But it's just so utterly fascinating to me. And and because I think it's because I grew up in a small town in central Illinois that anytime anyone from like random Illinois becomes famous or does certain (laughs) things, I'm always like. No, we didn't grow up on the East Coast. We didn't grow up in Hollywood. Like, So if you had that thought in your head, it fascinates me to a whole other level because we're not raised, we're not in an environment to think that you are bigger than thou. And so I'm just totally fascinated by Bo's psychology, especially not so much that he just thought he was big, like because you could like laugh at anyone. Oh, you think you're big shit? But he literally survived five years of an absolute insane torture. Yeah. Yeah. So the- and, and that shows how far deep he was into being Jason Bourne that yeah. he was, you know? So so what were the details in this episode that really got you guys? Because, I mean, the, everything about it right. is, like, insane. But, I mean, there were sp- specific things that, oh, like, got me. Here's here's something that I just thought was hilarious how bored everyone was oh yeah everyone like the theme of this episode actually besides obvious outrageous torture and diarrhea is and the bed sores and literally being like shackled to a bed for three months and getting bed sores and like not being able to see light and having your eyes get so messed up because you sweat salt like and you couldn't wipe your eyes i mean just outrageous levels of insanity right but and then we go and so we're hearing all these things we're like this is so crazy this is so crazy i'm sick to my stomach and and then all of a sudden it veers into this whole discussion of boredom and how the captors are like i'm bored yeah (laughs) right it's like i have to watch this guy all day and i want to be out there the taliban to babysit yeah yeah it was it was hysterical to me right. because they're like, well, I guess we'll get a little more money, but let's think of better ways to torture him. And gosh, they were legitimately complaining about being bored. Yeah, and I guess it makes still sense, don't though. know 
why the Taliban people are talking to um, Mark Bull, but they are for whatever reason, and they're legitimately like, yeah, I mean, it was really hard for us. I just want you to know. Because <laughs> all of our because... friends were like blowing up stuff, and we had to watch some white boy. Like, that was really annoying. Like, yeah, we joined because like, but... we thought we'd be like out in the field, but like, right. we're hanging and out you in know a house. The thing, the thing that's so ironic and crazy, maybe it's not ironic, well, it's kind of ironic, is that like, I think Bo signed up for the military thinking, like, I'm going to go and do something good. And then that's right. not what he gets. And then the Taliban guys sign up thinking like, cool, I'm going to, you know, 72 virgins it or whatever. And then just end right. up. I wish that there had been some cyclical thing where Bo signs up for the military, ends up bored, walks off the base, <laughs> gets caught and then ca- captured and like so has close. to be watched by these guys who are bored. And then one of them gets bored. So they walk off and then the Americans find that guy. And then like secretly, like we all just keep trading people out of sheer boredom. Right. Like that's right. what I think. would right. be. It ends up being like some sick version of the fox and the hound where we're all just secretly friends, but we have to like maintain oh, appearances God. that we hate each right. other. <laughs> the fox right. and the hound. Oh. That one's, that's a hard reference for me, guys. Oh. oh, Fox and the Hound's the best Disney movie of all time, you guys. I saw that movie, and it was, like, the only time I ever had, like, a full-on meltdown in public as a child, where, like, <laughs> I saw that movie, and then my mom, like, I remember going to the bathroom in the movie theater in Brooklyn and being like, why can't they be friends? Like, and, like, <laughs> losing my shit and being like, I don't understand. Why can't they be friends? Like, yeah. It's a hard one. It it's is. a really it's it's hard. A hard one. It's funny. Um, another thing that I thought was particularly interesting about this episode is that um, like the marketing quality of everything down to like, oh, we have to try and get Bo back. Let's get his friend Cajun Bob oh. to do a like to record to record <laughs> a, a greeting, like a, a simple greeting that says, hey, Bo, where are you? Um, hey, Bo, you out there? Hey, Bo, you <laughs> out there? We're looking for you. And his voice <laughs> and his voice is just too Cajun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they also didn't really explain other than saying that like they didn't really like his voice, but it was like why? Like was it too cagey? No, like, it was you just probably like really to, like, thick and you know it was probably really thick. But then I also thought like oh are they Louisiana curating like no what love. that part of the country hears of America? Like they're like no 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 don't don't let them hear that part. Like they got to hear like the scary part. They got to hear like Clint Eastwood style guys. And then the Taliban also asking about all American women are prostitutes. What alcohol do you drink? And just like the most. Is Obama gay? Stupid. Is Obama is, gay? Oh, does Obama sleep with men? Yeah. And all that stuff. It just made me think a couple of things. One is, God, they're so stupid. Yeah. But I almost wonder this- if half of that is just like weird interrogation techniques. You know? Well, that's that's what right? Bo was saying. Yeah. He I mean, I saying- think there's a part of... I mean, I can't... Ugh, I can't imagine that they're like... I think they probably believe like a little bit of that, but I can't imagine that... I mean, like, I would imagine some of these people are like some, some, not all, yeah. are some of the least educated people that they have that are like joining up for whatever reason. And it's not like that doesn't exist in the U.S. as well. Like I've heard people that's say crazy things. Yeah, about, that's true. You know, like Iranians. And it's like I there's plenty to say about like the government of Iran. But like you meet people who are from Iran all the time in New York. And it's like that's. You know, like it's you, completely this, wrong. Say, yeah, like, crazy stuff. That's true. Um, but yeah, but you know, like the way Sarah addressed it was so good. She's like, it makes you think. Oh, is their image of us as paltry of an understanding as our image of them? Mm-hmm. And the way she just like said that after the whole narrative that Bo was giving made me go back to more SK worshiping is kind of the wrong word (laughs) but just god she's so good at how she encapsulates things and her colloquialism she's not using big words you know she's just like she says like oh yeah and they put sunglasses because maybe that looked cool and she goes agreed you know she's so (laughs) on our level she's Mm -hmm. not trying to talk above us she just encapsulates everything that Bo says in this perfect ribbon all the time and she's just so good at how she summarizes and 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 talks to us it's so not condescending it's so 
well done. And Daisy, you talk about this from like a journalism perspective. It's just so respectable how her writing she is, is like always stuff. stellar i mean this and this i mean but i feel like that's what's so true about like any like great writer you know like i feel like there are like the great writers of like the canon who it's like they're not easy books to read but everybody knows that like the quality of the writing is really strong but then there's yeah. the stuff that is like universal and great and that's the stuff that we actually don't talk about how well put together it is like we all just go like oh it's great and I feel like Sarah is a really good example of that although that said well I think you make a great point Dipti but that I also think like for me this episode is the one where like I have even though so much of so much of what we hear is actually coming from Sarah's mouth I can't remember Sarah at all in this episode because it's so much description of the events and like the picturing what was happening where Sarah usually feels like such a big um, character in the show. And, you know, especially like, t- like I've always said that to me, the first season is like, it's less the story of, of Adnan and more the story of like this reporter going on this experience of trying to solve this thing. But like this episode was, I was just, I, I can't even remember like what, even though I know so much of what I heard is things that Sarah relayed. I can't mm-hmm. remember Sarah in this episode at all. Like not really. I just, I just remember like, the descriptions of like right. him falling down the the hill and, oh my god and it falling down for longer than he even thought was possible and and how hilly it was that you couldn't look up and like see anything and just right. oh, I mean it's just such a it's such a visceral visceral episode um okay so on these notes of him talking about the fall and making a brace for his legs everything was just insane and just incomprehensible to literally anybody who listened to this episode right mm-hmm. um that i thought to myself because i keep thinking can i even believe it and i don't want to not believe it or believe it but i just keep thinking god is this even true and and in my cynicism of it i thought why was the first besides the interrogators who he was required by law to talk to why was the first person he went public with a movie producer and director? That made me think, is this for show? Did this really happen? I, I mean, I think I believe that it really happened. But I have to tell you in the way back deep recesses of my mind, a little tiny bit of me questions because it's like, oh, the first person you talk to is the guy who made Hurt Locker and like Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. And I don't have any doubts that any of it happened. Like, right. I, I, I think I still have doubts whether or not I believe his initial story of like why he left. But I don't I don't have any to me. I don't feel any real doubt that like these events okay, happened. Yeah. And and, mm-hmm. and I will say that like nobody's memory especially like when they're experiencing trauma is 100 percent. but that said mm-hmm. i i guess um not that mark bowl makes the most sense but just like yeah. i feel like the movie like both of those movies like zero dark 30 and hurt locker and i actually i actually haven't even seen those movies but i feel like what i've heard of those movies very specifically is that like they show a reality and like a duality to the, you know, it's like both like respectful of the military, but also like showing craziness of it. And so like, to me, somebody like that would be somebody that like somebody who's been through that experience is like, you want to talk to somebody who's both going to like get it, but not just elevate it to the point of like, Oh, you did a perfect thing or you were a complete villain. Um, and who's got an independent ability to like tell that story, you know? Well, Zero Dark Thirty came out when he was still captured. But anyways, I don't know if he saw that. But you know what, Dip? Honestly, like, the way that you paint it, like, I I don't think that you're... I don't think that your questioning is coming from... No, not at all. Obviously. Thank you for... Yeah, I feel bad saying it because I... No, I think it's a very logical progression of thought, right? It's like, okay... You're gone, you're captive, and no one really mm-hmm. knows what you were into. And then, yeah, of course, you're, like, interrogated. You tell your story, and then now you're free, and you're not talking to anybody, but the one person you're talking to has the ability to make your story... Make you a hero. To make you... Well, I mean, uh, let's let's assume that he already is a hero, but, like... Okay. Like a... 
an iconic hero, right? Like now this is a thing that will never, ever go away, right? Because now your life is being committed to celluloid, which is like, so that people can know your story forever and ever. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really not good with words today. Uh, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, does that fulfill his like, his sort of ultimate destiny? And now I'm I'm sort of, being a little, uh, like I'm assuming a little bit, just based on things that I've read from uh, from the Rolling Stone article, things that I can kind of piece together from how he's behaved. If he really wants to have this like hero's hero thing, then like, yeah, of course, like a movie is the best way to achieve that. But I think the flip side of that too is that like he also, it's very clear that like he's not someone who's going to trust authority. Right. Right. Okay. So, so that to me already like cuts off a huge group of people that one might assume but, would be the first people he would speak to. But we do already know, you know that he wanted to be Jason Bourne. So it's like, okay, let me talk to a movie director. Yeah, I don't. It's it's I don't know. I feel bad thinking it's fishy, but. But but it is. I mean, I get that. I don't I don't see I don't see any reason why you should feel bad for seeing that. I just don't think it's completely illogical either, is I guess what I'm saying. You know what I mean? In part because I do so much research specifically on um, people who've mm-hmm. been through trauma. Like I actually uh, was reading this amazing article last week that ProPublica and some other group did. And it was all about this um, woman in, who grew up in foster care and stuff and she said that she had been raped and then uh, a few like a day later she recanted in part because her own like foster mother was like I don't think her like she's acting weird I think she might be making this up to get attention and everybody was like all of her uh choices after this event were fishy Mm. to the point where she recanted and then it proved that she was raped when they found the rapist and in his um, collection of souvenirs were pictures of her because she was the only victim who hadn't been identified because she had recanted, um, is that people who go through traumas, like really severe traumas, do not react the way that anybody would ever mm. expect them to. So like, I don't see him talking to anybody. Like he has to talk to some of the people in the military. So obviously there's a whole part where Sarah explains up top, like, you know, it that they all said like, oh, it doesn't seem like he, you know, was being a traitor at all. But like, I don't I don't see him speaking to anybody who's like some authority over him in some way. Like, I feel like he's going to want to speak to somebody who's like independent in a way. And this guy definitely fits that qualification as like an independent outside thing. But also, like, I don't see him immediate rushing to speak to like the New York Times or like, you know, like just these big institutions. You know what I mean? Like, I think. I think what they said that he started talking to Mark Bowl what, six months later? So I feel like his Mark Bowl's people would have been trying to reach him, trying to reach him, and somebody might have been like, you know, this guy, mm. he's got away with words, and, uh, you know, everything, his, his the other stuff that he did, you know, really gave things a fair shake. You know, I could see him choosing to talk to that guy, you oh, know? Right. And it, and it could also even be that the way it was played out was that, you know, there wasn't really a, a movie in the works. It was just like, I just want to talk to you. I want to hear your story. I mean, story. honestly, like, the quality of those to... tapes makes it sound like he was just like, let's just start by yeah. talking because he's not videotaping right. him. He's like cooking let's while he's just talking to him. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's literally just in like the research yeah, these are phases. Yeah. I'm glad seems, you guys are right? talking me through this because I've been having a very difficult time with it. <laughs> no, but I don't honestly, think it's cynical Dip, I don't, I don't think you should be... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you should be like, oh, I'm a monster for thinking this. Like, no. I think it's a very, I think it's a very logical train yeah. of thought. I mean, I would, I would buy that as yeah. an argument. Like, I think, that, that is Dizzy, I think like, your train of thought guy. is logical. I think what my point is, is just that the train of thought of people who go through really severe circumstances is yeah. rarely logical. Well, oh, I have something interesting to say. So one of my besties, hi, Michelle, um, she is a psychologist and she mm-hmm. listening to serial from her perspective she doesn't think he sounds like he has PTSD and she's shocked by this and it makes her question him and i really want to get a psychologist on and and talk to them or like or read about a psychologist's perspective on what he sounds like i mean we also talked a lot about how adnan sounded and there were so many reasons why Adnan talked the way he talked Mm -hmm. and we talked about that at length in season one right but 
she just says that he doesn't his affect and like just everything that he's talking about does not sound like he has PTSD and it really weirds her out because someone like that obviously has to have PTSD. And um, yeah, I well, that's that's interesting yeah. to me, in part because, again, the same research that I've been doing, part of the thing that the people I've been interviewing um, so much have been saying is that like traditional psychologists um, are actually some of the least helpful for really? some of these people How so? because they there's uh, aspects of talk therapy and things like that that uh, and there are like certain expectations and markers that they expect to, them to follow and because of the way that some of this stuff gets internalized and um how like basic like lizard brain some of the reactions are to it um that it doesn't manifest in that way and so we might be hearing him sound very calm and like able to talk about it but we don't know that he might not be sleeping at all at night right. or um, might be changing the way he's interacting. He might be speaking with Mark Bowl in a way that is so open because he doesn't know him, but his, his conversation with say somebody who does know him might be completely different, but we're only hearing him talk to somebody that he actually doesn't know, which right. might this be, might be the him. easiest time he has. Cause he can openly talk about it. Whereas yeah. at other points in his life, he's like shaking at all moments. Of yeah. time. But I, I really, yeah. really want to read. I, I haven't researched too much about it, but I, I just want to read more about the psychological perspective of POWs. Yeah. Speaking of POWs, like last, we had that last episode where um, Sarah pointed out that like John McCain, who is, you know, arguably the nation's uh, most famous uh, former POW and most powerful one uh, is like, is you know, really wants to like make sure that Bo gets the maximum mm-hmm. punishment And it was interesting to hear him say that, like to hear her describe that he's talked about that in the last episode and then to hear how intense his experience was. You know what I mean? Because that's crazy. And Daisy, I didn't even think about that. That is very interesting, actually. Wow. Yeah, because you hear this and it's like, Johnny boy, don't you remember how awful it was? And and for him to have no sympathy and John McCain is a smart man, right? Um, and and I may not agree with all his politics, but I respect him. Right. And uh, for him to say no effing way, burn him to the, at the stake is yeah. very interesting. Wow, that's a yeah. great point. Although, but you also have to remember, he's coming from the perspective of like, I didn't walk off to get No, totally. Caught. And I get like, that. I just mean like in terms of understanding how intense it was you know because like again like last episode we heard them talk so much about what it was like for everybody who was looking for him and you know we all had a lot of sympathy for those guys and that experience for sure um and even though i don't think any of us ever thought well he was held for five years that must have been a cake like it still was hard to understand you know listening to this even we were all having a hard time like really fathoming oh my god like how do you actually go through that experience i would say a lot of what i'm seeing online in terms of um, you know, actual like enlisted or formerly enlisted folks and their reaction to Bo is um, less that they want him to like go back to prison and more that they want to see it like just acknowledged that it was like a crazy stupid thing that he did. Like he needs to be like dishonorably discharged or something like they want it. They want it to be acknowledged that like the initial step was a bad, bad step. Admission. Right. Whereas it sounds like McCain wants him to like go away. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of repercussion. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I still stand at this, that he was just uh, naive, cocky, mm-hmm. young kid who thought that he was a hero, didn't think things through, and yeah, shit hit the fan. And But, like, it hit the fan in the biggest way yeah. I think it hit the fan. And, and, and he's not, like, I don't, I don't look, I mean, as of right now, I don't look at him as, like, a bad person. But I, I'm, I'm just so curious yeah. what more we're going to hear. Because SK is totally alluding to the fact that we're about to hear more crazy stuff. And what is that stuff? It's already yeah nuts Well, and it's, it's episode three out of, I guess they haven't necessarily confirmed that this season will be 12 episodes like it was last time. But at right. the same time, I'm a little, like, we have actual, like, 
day-to-day news. Well, not every single day, but there's stuff that's going mm-hmm. on with this case. Like, we know that they're going to take him to court exactly. martial and, you know, who knows what will happen there. But this is, you know, very different than season one in terms of, like, what we can be presented with. And uh, having right. heard these episodes now, I'm like, I know that there's definitely more to hear. But I don't know. Is there not, like, what would nine more episodes be? I mean, the thing that's really interesting to me is, like, I almost wonder if this is going to end up escalating to, like, O.J. Simpson trial Mm. levels, where because so many people are now invested in listening to Serial, and then I think, I want to say that I heard that the trial date was set for, like, somewhere in, like, mid-January or something. I mean, is it going to be, like, one of those things where it's like, no, I want to watch this live. Like, this is a thing. Mm -hmm. I want to watch the entire trial as it happens Plus, listen to this podcast. Yeah. Is that yeah. even an option, Plus, though? I mean, military read trial. Read all the... I don't think I don't, so. Probably not. I mean, I guess... Yeah. It, I, who knows? I don't I don't know anything I, about that, but I just wonder if that's... Because I think a lot of people would be invested at that point to what the outcome is and what the trial yeah. is in general. I think it's pretty cool that... I think it was... A, I imagine it was a bit of a calculated decision on... SK's part and Serial's part to have a more interactive yeah. season because they, they they knew that the, a decision was going to be coming out. Yeah, I mean they really threw us for a loop. Yeah, on what they chose, um, and and you always like with good TV shows and everything, the best ones are where you can't like predict mm-hmm. anything, and like they really succeeded in blowing my expectations so far this season feels like a book to me how so every episode now the th- the three that we've heard um whereas like the first mm-hmm. season felt like a mystery this one to me there's only like one main key question like do you believe that he walked off because he was trying to cause a dust one or was he not or was that not why and mm-hmm. so otherwise like to me like as i listen to it i feel almost more like i'm listening to you know, like a book on tape of a non, uh, of like a narrative nonfiction book. Of an, yeah, of an like, experience. Like as if Sarah Koenig wrote like a great yeah, sure. book about it. Like she's having her Michael Lewis like, moment. I, honestly, at this point, is that what we're trying to figure out? I mean, I think it was, I think we're all on the same page. Like, did he intentionally create a dust one or not? But if that's the only question why like why are we following it i don't know there just seems to be at the same time like it's like this insanity that we're hearing about but it's also less stakes than adnan like adnan was very definitive did he kill right. hay or did he not you think with, it's less with, stakes at this point right now i mean as of three seconds ago mm-hmm. yeah yeah i didn't think about it until just now i don't know that i like, think it's less stakes i feel like adnan is less stakes this is like the opus i feel like the the situation is crazier but the stakes of themselves are lower because it's like first of all it's not a screwy yeah, court like maybe. the local baltimore court where it's like oh did they do this did they like first of all it's military so you know i know dip is like you know trying to learn more and more about like military law and stuff but there's different limitations there and stuff this is not something where like where they could go back and say like oh you had a bad lawyer and you had this and you had that it's all happening like right now and then you have this an amazing experience you know and I don't mean like amazing good but just like amazing in how crazy and intense it was and we're hearing about it right which is why I don't I don't know that I would say that this season is lower stakes than the... But I, then what I are the still, stakes? Like, I the circumstances are the, bigger. I just don't know that I would say the state... The circumstances the are cir- huge, yeah. but I don't know that I the stakes the, are bigger. The circumstances, they're, like, crazy yeah. and insane and beyond fascinating to think about and talk about and everything. But the stakes... Because there's like, no, like... if Because, honestly, the military... The military can decide to do what the military is going to do. And, and I don't know how their appeals process works, but yeah. it's not like there's going to be like a thing where we like realize he had poor representation or like it, it's just like it just kind of is or isn't right. that is how it feels. I don't know. I because I just feel like whatever the outcome of this case ends up being. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right, because I, I don't know how much serial will affect it or how much people who have listened to the series will have affected anything but I feel like in the end you're gonna get some really big um resolution at least out of the end of the trial 
So I, I think in that regard, the stakes themselves or the fact that that you've got a show that's highlighting this case that's very much happening in real time. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it's like that's like a that's like a really big deal. I guess for, for me, it's like that it other court, the non-regular big... court thing is like a big is a big part of, I guess, my reaction. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard for me to speak to that because I really just don't know the differences between military tribunals and, you know, like how how does that differ and how much does that differ between like your run of the mill, like 12 person jury trial, you know? Yeah. Um, and we're going to uh, hopefully soon we're working on it. I'm going to have a military defense attorney on our podcast as a guest and he will go into a lot of those details and that'll be really interesting. So look forward to that guys. But, um, I, I, to me this season, it's not that I dislike it or anything, but it just, it just is interesting to me in a completely different manner altogether that first season was. It's just interesting to me to learn about POW land, to learn about the Taliban, to learn about, um, how military tribunals work, what soldiers are like, like how, oh, yeah. how it is. It's just, I'm not saying, like when I say less stakes, I don't want it to sound like I'm less interested, but. No, but I know, I the, know what you meant the, when you met, when the you said The outcome, look. the outcome means less to me. Yeah. Interesting. But it's just the journey, but the journey is more fascinating because with Adnan, it all happened. Right. This is still so happening. So I think for me, I think the stakes to me are more weighty just because whatever the result is of this is kind of like what you said. It's like, yeah, now we negotiate with terrorists. Like as a result of this case, there's going to be so much more fallout in terms of like, you know, what was it like during that time when there weren't enough people signing up for the military that they were just literally taking anyone and then shipping them over there without really yeah. being prepared. And what did it necessarily mean to be captive uh, or, you know, like POW uh, point of views? And uh, just, I mean, I think there's so much more stuff than just, I, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but just like a run-of-the-mill homicide. Like, I just right. feel like there's so many more blocks I guess to this it, than just I guess for murder. me that to me is why I say circumstance and not stakes because to me it's like but those are just things that like exist already and like none of the so little of this is going to affect any of of, the, of that right I like, think it's just going to bring like, it to to the fore and or like change people's perspectives on things which I think is different than solving a murder case I don't know what yeah. but I feel like for me, I don't know what else we're getting into yet. You know, like we're like the examples well, that you're giving. I don't know how much we're actually going to talk about those. So like if we start talking about those, I guess it, that might change my perspective. But ultimately, like, you know, it, it's not the first time that there was there were POWs or or hostages or, or things like that. So I, I'm also curious about how our definition of like what it means to choose to negotiate with terrorists based on other history that exists and stuff. So, right. you know, so for me, it just feels very, and, and also I think like we live in a time right now where like war has been going on forever and so many things have happened in the war that like that big stories have come out and people were still like, meh. Right. So and I like, think it's just because like, right. I mean, I think it's, I think so much of it is because it's like out of sight, out of mind. Like mm-hmm. what was, I mean, you know, there's just, I mean, like, literally, like, in the last episode, when you hear that guy being like, yeah, we still don't know, like, 90% of what the intricacies of their politics are in Afghanistan. So, yeah, but we're still there and, like, we're trying to figure it out. And it's like, holy shit. Like, I don't, I think that that is, I think that's, like, mind-blowingly crazy information for probably 90% of the populace. I'm gonna. You know, I'm I gonna guess put I'm that. not surprised by that, and that's part of it for me. Right. I mean, I think I think there's a good chunk of people who understand that, like, okay, yeah, this is like crazy, messy, and there's like no end in sight. And I think there's a big group of people who are like, I had no idea it was this messy. Like, we were just there, like killing some baddies. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you know, you know, there was um, I, I was listening to Slate Serial Podcast, which is really good, by the way, and um. I think they were the ones that I was listening to who said 
or was it AV Club? I don't know. It was one of them. It was another serial podcast. And they were talking about how they they don't know people in the military. And it was just exactly what we were saying. We're like, we're not, I know people who were in the military or their families were in the military, but most of my close friends are not. And this podcast is like, it's, it's important for us to hear what it's like in the trenches because I think that there's a lot of military people in the country who are irritated by the lack of empathy that people have because they're just so anti the war. Right. I think that's general. a really important and, point to make. And and this like really makes it like visceral for us to hear about the day to day yeah. soldier life because we don't seek that information out. It's not our fault that we don't have. Sure, sure, sure. Friends, but I think but, you bring up a really you know, good point because even like in the first, was it the first episode? But like there was that one episode where Sarah's like, I had no idea that like you'd literally be stirring shit. It's like, but right. what do you think? Like, do you think they had like fancy bathrooms in the middle mm-hmm. of like butt fuck yeah, Afghanistan? Right. They're not like, Bear Grylls. They're actual soldiers. They're actual soldiers. Like. I mean, because I, I mean, I think people do. People forget that where it's like, yeah, there's latrines like you literally like those are things that probably didn't just happen there, but happened in other uh, platoons as well. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and just to like and, and for that effect of cereal to have on like the sort of population who might listen to cereal um, and disgusting podcasts. liberal Americans. <laughs> yeah. Hippies and stuff. Yeah. Um. But, um, you know, feminists and stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. Those dangerous feminists. Those dangerous feminists. Um, But uh, I don't know. That's another thing. So and I know you're not disagreeing with me on the stakes versus circumstances thing, Layla. But no, no. But it is like I I like that they're making us They're At least they're making me interested in learning more about the mundane day-to-day, not just like someone who's a POW, because those are outrageous circumstances that don't happen all the time. But um, we're learning about people that we're sending out there. And it makes me think more, even so, like, yeah, maybe every president should have done some military time. I don't know. Like, I don't, oh, uh, listen, I don't think that's crazy idea. I don't think we've you know? talked about this on here yet. And I know this might sound like really crazy, but I really do believe that at some point, like... There should be some sort of conscription thing. Maybe I already brought this up, but like I think we did like, bring this up. But I, yeah, I mean, you're not the first person I've heard say that. Yeah, I just because I just feel like if that were a thing, if like we all had to go out there, I think that would prevent. I don't know. I just do. I just feel like one, we would be more aware of like world going yes. ons. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've heard lots of people say that stuff. You know that there should be like mandatory, you know, military service yeah. because of you know, what, ex- like, what experience it would give you. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely a point of view that's out there for sure. Right. I mean, I think mostly just because I feel like it's okay to be anti-war, but I feel like it's a little more hairy to be anti-military. Um, just because, like, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like that's just, it's just a hard thing to do. Like, these are people that are yeah. literally sacrificing their lives for, to serve our country. And uh yeah, and I just feel like if if everybody had to have at least a year of service, I think our opinions, uh, our opinions and uh, ways of looking at the world and how the world works and all that stuff would be radically, radically yeah. different. Well, I think if season one of Serial, like you know, you know, it won a Peabody Award for basically like teaching us about the criminal justice system. And I feel like exactly. this season is like teaching us about the military. Yeah. I guess for me, I just, um, I will be very surprised if people get as in an uproar about it. Um, I will honestly be shocked if that happens just because it's more complicated. I think it's because it's more um, complicated. Yeah. I you agree. know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it's way more complicated and it's a little less like dramatic and, and harder to be glib about in a way. Cause I think like right. part about what season one was fun for people is that like, you know, like people kind of had to be reminded, like, oh, you're talking about like a case where somebody was like murdered because it was like fun to have an opinion on 
the case whereas this is like it's dense and it's hard and like this episode was like and also it's like it's a war that's still going on i mean people are still there all still going on you know like and like oh and it's kind of like what we'd been saying on some earlier episodes of serially obsessed where it's like this is like a very hot topic like this is like not like oh let's talk about this during dinner like do you think that adnan did it like no one is no one is ever sitting at any thanksgiving or christmas or hanukkah table being like hey let's talk about whether we should be in this war or not you know like ugh, that's right like, it's like a topic that we're, everybody's like please avoid these topics yeah exactly yeah. exactly and, yeah. a, and another thing is that it it affects like a lot of people like adnan is one human being he's not you can't extrapolate him to all pakistani americans you know right you, it's 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 literally like uh, Bo and the, the people who were in his platoon and who went and searched for him and all mm-hmm. these other people, there are thousands and thousands of those people that you're kind of offending if you talk about it in a pejorative way or something like that or oh, have an opinion on. That reminds me. I guess one thing that we do know we'll probably hear more about is, uh, I think it's last week's episode, Sarah was saying that some family members of uh, soldiers who were killed in Afghanistan, like, claim that their son or daughter would be alive if he hadn't walked off. And she was saying that, like, we'll talk more about that later and whether or not it's true. So I guess that's one thing that we know we're going to hear more about. But I feel like overall, I don't know what else we're going to hear. Yeah. Not that it's done. I'm just like, what else are we going to... Okay, we've heard the description of, like, his situation. We heard the description of looking for him. And then the case is still happening. So I'm like, ah. Right. Um, Guys, I want to end on a brighter note. Um, yeah. One of the other things that I really loved in this episode is the fact that the Taliban loves Mountain Dew. Mountain oh my Dew. god, that was so. That's a really good point. Um, Don't take their sugar. sugar away. Yeah, I just it's like just because Mountain Dew to me triggers like so many memories of like just nerdy boys playing like. Um, oh my god yes uh, i don't know up all night playing video games drinking mountain Dew. right yeah exactly like Absolutely. oh we're just like on a land like we're at a land party and we're all playing yeah. video games and drinking they always mountain tried to Dew make mountain Dew seem like it was for like people who are into extreme sports but really it was for people who are into extreme gaming yeah it's extreme gaming um and yeah. so now i just imagine like the taliban just being like weird nerd boys who are just like all <laughs> girls are prostitutes right like it's just like gamer gate <laughs> to the extreme they're so bored and they want to play PlayStation online, but they can't because it would like give away their yeah. uh, their location. Their GPS. So like, ugh, if only they could play video games, they wouldn't be as bored. That's all they want. Yeah, they want Xbox Live. Xbox but then Live. they hated Bo because they had to uh, watch <laughs> over him. His his fellow uh, platoon mates or whatever, they hated Bo. Like, he is so hated by everybody who had to take care of him. And all he really needed was to get, like, a six-pack of Mountain Dew his and, like, hand it out. His friends hate him. His people. enemies hate him. Yeah. I mean, Bo, it's seriously, it... Guys, people still hate him. He has security Yeah, he has security time. detail. He we know secu- that. Yeah. I, I, I really think that at some point, people just die because they lose the will to live and he keeps on surviving Bo, i mean Bo's fueled by his haters haters gonna hate yeah haters gonna hate he could write the ultimate self-help book <laughs> yeah i'm just laughing at daisy dancing uh, he would be a pretty <laughs> like a pretty sick tony robbins okay the sickest tony robbins <laughs> book ever <laughs> Oh, my God. My positive final thought will be just that we got to hear him say good grief. We did. Um, and then we also, did. oof, like a, a cartoon times. character. Oof. Oh, he said, I literally heard myself yeah. say, oof. Oof. That, how, okay, how does he not swear? I don't get it. That's another thing. He's not I mean, religious. some people are just raised that way. It just, I don't know. I, I don't, I would be... I think you should go back and read the Rolling Star article again, but looking specifically for reasons why he wouldn't swear. Like, through the lens yeah. of why would this person not swear. Right. But he's but he's not religious. He's, as far as we know, um, he was no. very philosophical. But it's not just for... For some people, it's not about being religious at all. Some people just think it's impolite. I don't know, man. I, I, mean, I would be filled with so much hate. I mean, the thing is, though, Dip, you're filled with so much hate, even for like the littlest things. So I can only imagine <laughs> I you mm-hmm. in a 
a uh, lot of Bo things Bergdahl make me situation. Very angry it's true. In this like world. the way that you've told us just about songs from high school that we like, the <laughs> amount of hatred that you've poured right. in that direction. It's like correct. It's like, Dipti's feelings right. towards Beyonce and Casey and JoJo, yeah. except like yeah. focus towards just her Taliban captives told- would just be like. Whoa. You have told a good group of your friends that you cannot imagine or fathom why they would like something as b- basic as a random song that they like. So I think, you know. This is true. And this I mean, you said true. that to Sean, who is a sweet, perfect angel of a unicorn of a person for our listeners who might remember. Her. We have previously mentioned a friend named Sean who is a perfect human. Perfect human. <laughs> Hashtag Sean is a perfect human. But we human. do have to wrap up. Yes. Guys, if you're listening to this and you want to tell us why you think Sean is a perfect human, you should tweet at us uh, using the hashtag <laughs> Sean is a perfect human. Um, and you could tweet at us at Serial Obsessed Pod. That's S E R I A L O B S E S S P O D. And yeah, you know, you might not know who, who Sean is, but yeah, you know, I encourage you to go back and check out season one. Um, or you can email us at Serially Obsessed Pod. That's Serially Obsessed Pod. I'm really curious to hear from listeners about how they felt about this episode because the only word I could say over and over again again is visceral. So you might have felt it the way we felt it. We'd love to hear from you guys on Twitter and on email. So do hit us up. We will continue to talk about Serial as it comes. But you may have noticed at the end of this episode, Sarah Koenig did mention that there won't be a new episode of Serial for a couple of weeks. And our next episode will be out alongside that episode as we continue to follow Serial in its second season about Bo Bergdahl. Um, So, yeah, we'll we'll enjoy the end of the year. And uh, happy new year, guys. Happy new year. Happy new year. We'll catch everybody in 2016. That's right. Hope to see you online, guys. Bye. Bye.